0: small but mighty podcast where we dive into the world of connection. Welcome. Thank you everyone uh, for tuning in last week and coming back this week. Hey, new listeners. Welcome. Thanks for checking out the podcast. I really appreciate it. I hope everyone has enjoyed it. And they're looking forward to what we're going to talk about today. How has everyone's week been? Or how has everyone's week been? Uh, if you're in the Facebook group, I have posted a post, hit me up and tell me something good about your week and a goal you're working towards, either for the week, month, or the uh, for the rest of the year. My week? Y'all. <laughs> My week, it talk about connections. Where should I begin? Uh, Sunday, I woke up and, um, well, actually, let me go all the way back at Sunday at midnight. like It was 12-12. I was laying in bed and I noticed it was 1212. 12. Didn't think anything of it. I'm not a numerology. Is that what that's called, Shawnee? Numerology? I'm not a numerology person really. Um, like I don't pay attention to it. I don't go looking for the meanings of it unless I start noticing patterns. So that was Sunday. I went to sleep, woke up, my son had a fever of 1015. And so We didn't go to church, so now the routine's kind of just thrown out of whack. And he's sick. Monday rolls around, he's still sick, high fever. And but I catch the numbers one one one, and then I catch the um, Tuesday two two two, and then Wednesday three three three, and today four four four. And I'm just like, what's going on? So I look up all the meanings to these things, and it's just all positive, like good stuff. Like you're on the right direction, and all this stuff and it's interesting because that each day like what th- those numbers met like match whatever was going on for that day and um so it was, and he my son's been sick all week today's the first day he hasn't been um feeling terrible like terrible terrible and then um <clears throat> so That's like that he's been he was sick and had a fever for like five days. And the tests, we took him to the doctor. Tests kept coming back negative and, you know, all that jazz. He's good. And we're here. But just as like everything's going well and dandy, my landlord hits me up and is like, hey, are you having water issues? Because the well cracked. (laughs) (laughs) Mind you, I just put a a hot oil treatment, not not like like I put an oil treatment in my hair because I'm I'm going out tomorrow night and I want my hair to look nice and shiny and silky. And I'm like, what? And if you don't know what well, like we have a well. We live in the city, but we have a well. We're not on city water. So the well breaks, you have no water and you have to get it fixed. Like there is a crack in the well. And so I go outside because he's there and he's like, I'm like, what's up? When's this getting fixed? He's like, well, do you remember when I hit it? Like, he hit the well. He's like, I thought they fixed it, but I guess it's cracked all the way down. And it's just been leaking for the past two months. And, like, if you go out in front of our driveway, there's water, like, flooding the street. And, of course, my son's been sick, so we've been inside all week. So, like, I have no idea, like, what's going on really outside. And... (laughs) kind of like sitting here looking at him like why like what are we doing dude like what's going on when's the water coming back on you know like this dude in this water I was out of my house for almost a whole year because our water pipe burst in my kitchen and he had to redo it and then like we've been struggling with this well off and on and off and on and it's just like but I love my house. I want to buy the house. I want to, I love my neighbors. They all look out, you know, and I that's just I wanna stay there. So I'm just gonna suffer because I like where I I like where I'm at. But man, talk about stress, y'all. My hair looks oily. And um yeah, there's no you can't you have to watch how often you go to the bathroom because you can't flush the toilet because there's no water. So it's just like ugh, ugh, you know, but Right before I left, they were in the yard with the diggers, so they handled it quickly. So I can't complain too much. It was just an inconvenience. When I go home, I can wash the oil out of my hair. It'll all be OK. But it's just a mild stressor, you know, just a mild stressor. Anyway, so that was my, that, that's how my week has been. And that seems like, and I've been out of work all this week for so that I could be with Oziah. Um, so I kind of been just chilling at home. Uh, the good part about my week is that I did get to spend a lot of time, extra time with him. And my goal I'm working on (laughs) is organizing the house. And y'all, when the house isn't organized, I'm stressed. It's the easiest way to tell I'm overwhelmed. It's like the easiest way. And then depending on how, like, and then just kind of like, moves into my car into the rest of my life because then I'm just kind of like dragging everything like I'm just disheveled right so anyway um any of y'all like that let me know in the Facebook group because if any of you are like that it'll make me feel better about myself (laughs) because man that's like the laundry like I'll wash it but I won't fold it and put it up that's like one thing I'll let go for a while because I have enough of everything to be able to make it a good three months without doing laundry I shouldn't brag about that but that just came from being depressed and not wanting to have to do the laundry so I just bought stuff instead of doing the laundry anybody ever do that (laughs) let me know in the Facebook group Anyway, I must be overwhelmed for the past 20 years because I've been dealing with this for the past 20 years, and I think it's hilarious. But one day I'll get over it and I'll figure it out. But anyway, well, all right, let's get into it. Last week I said we were going to be discussing PTSD and PTSR, but I feel like we would, we should dive into stress just in general before going a little more deeper, And kind of connect the dots of how um, stress can kind of lead up to things like PTSD and um, such. So because and I'll just use my my example, my life kind of my life life experiences as examples, seeing as though it's not my business to be using anybody else's business. Feel me? All right. So. When we are talking about stress, I feel like everybody knows what stress is because I don't think you can live in the world today and not feel some level of stress. It's a pressure, whether it be internal or external, to um, do something. Sometimes it could be a change or you have to have a response to something that causes your body to feel overwhelmed. Um, That's my layman's um, diction that's from Corey's layman's dictionary. (laughs) Um, You guys can go look up the real definition on Google. I think we've all, like I said, I think we've all experienced it. So we can kind of have a grasp of what it is, but we, there are four different types of stress. You have your physical stress. Okay. So that includes like physical trauma, injury, illness, um, any kind of, like, physical stress, whether it be fi- uh, you got into a fight, um, you got into a wreck, you got into, like, anything that would cause bodily harm to you, whether it even just be from working out and going hard in the pain, You know, like, it's physical, that's physical, physical stress that is put onto your body and typically can go away. Okay. Then you have psychological psychological stress. I was looking at the one right below it too. I was looking at the two two words that look almost identical. so that's why I slowed down. Anyway, you have your emotional cognitive uh, psychological stress is like your your emotional and cognitive stress. I'm looking at my notes, okay y'all. your emotional and cognitive stress. okay So like emotional is like you get frustrated um con- cognitive can be anxiety um it can be ocd it can be perfectionism it can show up as um there's a lot of things that anything that um you're doing like mannerisms and things like that you're doing or um things that are connected to like brain function Um, then you have your psychosocial stress those are your relationship difficulties and your work environment and work stressors and your money issues and like your home like those personal home I like to call them your home stressors because those are kind of like I feel like those are some of the things that are like close to you so I would like if we were meet the fuckers it i'd consider it like the the um circle of tr- circle of trust it'd be the circle of trust part you know and then you have the psycho spiritual stress um It looks like I said I wrote Osiris but it wasn't it was a crisis. I can't read my own dang writing. A crisis of values, um, meaning and purpose. So you don't have you feel like you don't have purpose or you don't have mean like stuff like that like you feel like you're kind of lost. I feel like that's when you hear people talk about um, midlife crisis. I think that can go put under your psycho spiritual stress type of things like when it breaks down. So those are the four different types of stress, okay? So now I'm gonna kind of try to unpack this um, using examples in my life of where the stress was at because I feel like people kind of are scared to dig a little bit deeper, um, to unpeel things. And um, I wish, like as I was going through the past 20 years, As I was like going through life and all my different little traumas and all these things, I was like, I felt like God was giving me different things, like little different tools, little different things. Because when I learn something's wrong about myself or something's not right, I don't necessarily just go immediately to um, change my behavior instantly, do exactly what other people are telling you to do. I want to understand why I'm doing what I'm doing. So that once I do or do find a way to change it or I correct myself, it's not going to be something I have to constantly, like, I'll be able to do it. Like, you know, what I'm saying? does that make sense? Like, you can just do it like <laughs> you figure it out and you can do it. You don't have to sit there and constantly do it if you're just going to instantly do it. That's kind of like how I am. So I want to learn and understand the beha- why I'm doing the behaviors I'm doing. And I've always been like that. So like I would have always been on the hunt for the answers for why my brain works the way it does. And that's kind of how I also, for the people who are new and didn't listen to the first episode, that's kind of what led me to this point. Anyway, back to the main topic. I feel this must be why I love Kevin Hart's books. Y'all, Kevin Hart's books are hilarious. He tries to stick to a script or his notes or whatever and just goes way off topic, tells side stories, and then comes back. We are one and the same in that aspect. So just try to stay with me, folks, okay? Back to the main topic, physical stress. So an example of that, (laughs) y'all, an example of physical stress. Oh, my God. I've had six major concussions. (laughs) I'm considered medically frail because... If I fall over and hit my head, like just the slightest freaking thing could pro- like just cause an aneurysm more than likely. And so, um, yeah, so that would be my physical trauma stress. Like that would probably be the biggest one. Um, trying to think of anything else. That was That's probably like the biggest one that I know my brain has not. Like, I know my brain has, you can't fix it. So like, I know it hasn't recovered. Like it's just damaged. And you know, it'd be really interesting. I wish I would have had like my brain scanned before I hit my head on the diving board. (laughs) Because that was the first major injury. (laughs) Just to compare it to now to see, like, to see like, how bad that I would have been I had one of my brain surgeon nurse people tell me um, that I used to interpret with um, at the office I interpreted at she told me my brain would like a be a perfect like would have been a perfect study had I had I like we I grew up in a small town they weren't doing stuff like that (laughs) but uh, yeah so I had six major concussions the first one as you heard was on the diving board um i was going up there to this is as much as i can remember i was walking up to the diving board this was at the elks club country club and the way the the pool was set up it was um like the z's and tetris like do you, if you know like the z like they're the, z, the z's i call them the z's and tetris they look like z's and um it was kind of, it was set up like that. So you one section was shallow. The other section was, um, the, the, the mid section was um, like medium, whatever. And then the other section was the deep end. And I want to say it was 16 feet because it had a high dive. Like it had a high dive. So. Um, I remember my brother was over in the medium deep and with all the other kids and uh, one of the lifeguards was taking a break with and there he was playing sharks and minnows with the kids and or either gutter ball and (laughs) there is this dude there I forget his name but he had a nice tan he was cute. I thought he was so cute, man. I thought he was like so cute. He looked like a younger David Hasselhoff from (laughs) when David Hasselhoff was like cute, like Knight Rider cute, you know, at the time. Not this crazy dude now. But (laughs) and then one of the girls I went to church with, she was lifeguarding the deep end. And her sister, I remember, was laying out right next next to her. But nobody was paying attention and nobody was. Pa- I remember nobody paying attention and nobody was paying attention. And I know nobody's paying attention because the lifeguard isn't the one who rescued me. <laughs> but um, I was going up there trying to show off for cute lifeguard dude. I really wish I remembered his name. I don't remember. Anyway, um, trying to show off for him. And I decided I was going to do a round-off back handspring off the low dive. And my butt can't even do that on land. Why would I think, why in the world do I think I could do that on a diving board? All I remember is walking down like I was walking the plank and initiating the round-off right at the end. So there was no place for me to, like, really give room for my jump. And if anybody's seen me jump, I can't really jump either. Like I had no idea what I was doing. I remember putting my hand down on the corner of the um, the diving board. And I just think I did it wrong and I slipped. And what I think really actually happened is I just went crunch into the diving board and then my back hit something because I had a bruise from shoulder to shoulder, straight line bruise from shoulder to shoulder. But I was no- knocked unconscious and somehow my brother is the one who um, pulled me out of the pool. And my brother and I have always been so cl- like close in size. We're not that far. Like he's maybe a couple inches taller than he's six two, I think, six one, six two. At that time, we were closer in um, height and size. I was overweight. He was probably a, you know a little bit bigger, but. If anybody's lifeguarded, I've, you know, I've lifeguarded. That's not an easy thing to do as an adult, pull a body out of 16 feet. um, That's dead weight. So for a kid, I was in sixth grade going into seventh grade. So he was in seventh grade going into eighth grade. That's not, that's not something easy to do. And he drugged me out, pulled me out of the water. And then the lifeguards did what they were supposed to do. So, ta-da, I'm here. My brother saved my life. That's the physical stress. Then there is the second one. What? Oh, this, the next two, I don't even remember. I don't know who we were, like, I got line drived in the head. (laughs) Um, And one was a pop fly in the outfield, I think. I don't know. That's what my mom told me. I don't even remember if it was middle school or high school. Like, I don't know when it happened. I just know, like, I remember nothing of it. Nothing. I passed out twice while on the the pitcher's mound while pitching like by not getting like nobody nothing hit me but um i don't even remember being hit but it's, that's happened twice so i can't really give details about that and then um another one was the next two well the next three were domestic violence but um the th- <laughs> the last domestic violence one was actually from a student um, with special needs and he cl- like he could I was it was for work. He was um, he wasn't doing what his teachers wanted him to do. And he typically responded to me. He was nonverbal. He t- but so I went in there to in, to because um, I know sign language. I went in th- to work with him. And he's usually really happy and excited to see me. And he was, he was happy and excited to see me, but he didn't do his work that he was supposed to do before I got there to work with him and play the games and stuff like that, the language games and stuff. And so he, when he saw me, he was really, really excited. But as soon as I asked him to put the chairs down, like in, under the tables, literally something snapped in his head. And, and like, I don't even know what, because <laughs> my co <coworkers laughs> My co-worker said I went down like, like just like, whoever like I don't know any boxers or whatever, but like they said I looked like an, an opponent for Muhammad Ali. Like I just went down, y'all. I went down like cold. Like, psh. grateful it was at a um, school that has a lot of money, but um, yeah, they took he took me out like cold. <laughs> I don't know, like, how long I was out for, but I was out, so that's why I have a noodle brain, and so that's all the physical stress that, that doesn't even count all the times, like, I just, like, I'm clumsy, and I fall over and run into stuff, (laughs) you know, that doesn't count all those other times, um, psychological stress growing up, um, we kind of touched on it last week when I was, you know, I was, bull- I was bullied as a kid. Um, I was constantly, the way I spoke to as a child, I felt like I was um, inadequate, you know. Um, so, you know, I have anxiety and I have depression issues. And it's not just from the bullying. It's not like... It was. It's from the lack of. I would say it's more of neglect and um, emotional neglect, and um, from my parents. And let me say this before I put them on Front Street, okay? Because parents are not perfect. I'm not a perfect parent. There's not a single parent in this in this world that's a perfect parent. And it's always in the eye of the child, okay? Not anybody looking around let me say that. There are places where my parents have let me down, and there are places where they have supported me through and through, and I wouldn't be where I'm at right now if it wasn't for them. So even, and I know that that is a unhealthy, like that's still a somewhat toxic relationship, but like I said, we all have our things that we have to work through. They were unable to give me what I needed as a child emotionally. But that was because some of the things that I have gone, that I went through that I was not, unable to tell them about or tell my mom about. So I do not, I do not necessarily fault her, but they are just my needs were not met emotionally. So there's that. Compound then the bullying on top of that, you know, connect that to that. And, you know, you just have a mess of a brain. And then you have... Um, Psycho-social stress. Those are your relationship difficulties. Um, growing up, I always, like, because I was so outgoing as a kid, like, I was, and it was because I was trying to find some place where somebody would kind of just, I felt like somebody would, like, just accept me and take me in. Um, I was always trying to be around people, like kids. But I don't think I, I did not, I don't think, I did not have a good, strong friendship friendship probably until I was in eighth grade and I really started hanging out with my best friend Kim um, when we played softball together like we had been playing we grew up together playing softball since we were in elementary school but we were never on each other's teams until we were on each other uh, until her seventh grade year and my eighth grade year was she that younger than me or I feel like she was maybe two years. I think feel like she's two years younger than me. No. No, because I went back home for senior night. So she's a year younger than me. Sorry, I'm getting old, y'all. Anyway, um, then I went on to uh, high school, and she was in middle school still, still, and we didn't really hang out until, like, why, I don't know, because that year... That year we didn't really we weren't on the same softball team that summer because I had to play on um, the high school softball team. Um. So anyway, she's probably then we started hanging out once she got over to the high school and we were playing softball together again and like truly truly, like if she wasn't at my house I was at her house everywhere, everywhere, I went she went wherever she went I went like we we were inseparable and um when I moved like that relationship was lost like when I moved and left for college I that relationship was lost we lost like things are just so different and that was just because of things she had going on in her life and things that had going on my life and we just grew apart and the only other relationship where I felt like I was safe was with my grandma And um, that had me like hopping all over everywhere. Not my grandma. The fact that I didn't have any other relationships. Just like back in elementary school and middle school, I went back to doing the things that, you know, looking for like just hopping everywhere. And I think we all do that to kind of find a place in this world. But like I was like, I was just going, like, anything that sounded, like, fun or seemed like fun, I'm a curious person. So, like, I was hanging out at the deaf club when I shouldn't have been because I was underage. Like, I was hang- <laughs> I was hanging out with people that were 10, 20 years older than me when I was 18. Like, just doing things that I probably should not have been, do- like, I probably should have been focused on school more. But because I was trying to escape, you know, like, I was hopping everywhere. Just hanging out and just just having fun. Um, and that's... <laughs> that's how you know I met my ex-husband I Met my ex-husband just through a neighbor and he was something to do <laughs> shut up Sean <laughs> he, was like, like, he was like no I did not even want to go on the date with the initial date like I turned him down a gazillion times and um, just out of circumstance I said yes to one of the, uh, the last time he asked me out on a date and then it was just like something to do that was where like, I could just kind of know that he's there and have something to do. Like I wouldn't always have to like, he was just something stable for the moment. And I'm using air quotes when I say stable. Um, so yeah. And then um, the psycho spiritual stress, yeah, I don't think I hit a, um, like, the purpose of, like, I don't think I've ever really truly hit that. Sean, have you ever hit, that? like, have you ever, have purpose you? Purpose in life? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You've questioned your purpose in life? When I was in college, I studying psychology, mm. and now I'm a full-time. Let me off my feet when I was 18 like, changed like what's my purpose I always wanted a kid I'm a father never wanted to be married I'm single I'm here I'm living the dream my dream at 18 you made that change like you you yeah. that was your crisis No. yeah I didn't know I was I was just stressed out as any other kid you know when they're like you gotta go to college but what are you gonna do I wanted to, I was studying psychology that wasn't even what I wanted to do I was just interested in it but I didn't want to be a freaking psychiatrist that's what I was going to school for when we met um, when I first met our mutual friend okay. and I dropped out for music mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll Same just say for, we'll just say for music yeah with air quotes yeah <laughs> I hope she, my mom doesn't listen to this part. <laughs> I don't care if she does. She can put two and two together. Anyway, um so I mean, I think I don't never I never had the crisis of knowing like I've always knew my purpose was to help people. And like and I've always wanted to do it through some sort of ministry or going and um Starts with an M, what's the name of it? See? Monastery. <laughs> All right, Mr. Thesaurus. Y'all, I wanted to smack him <laughs> the other day. I came up with a genius idea. And if anybody wants to make this, I'd be grateful. Where you describe the word you're looking for. And that you just you put the description and then the app gives you a list of the words. It's not a thesaurus, okay? Because you can't do that. You have to use a specific, like, that's just a synonym. You have to know a synonym. If I don't even know the word, I don't know a synonym. Well, if you know what it means. That's what I'm saying. So you just say a different word that means the same thing. Look it up. No, I can't. Like, I'm literally, literally, what was I even trying to say now? I don't know. What were we talking about? You're going to have to, (laughs) I can't stand you. (laughs) talking about okay we had to go play it back and listen and i was talking about ministries and i was trying to um say mission work like i want to travel and do mission work and stuff so that's what i'm kind of there to where i could do it myself like with this travel um agency that I kind of partnered with, they give you the option, like you can go do different vacations and then um on one of the days you can go do you can go do work and stuff and you can do volunteer and um stuff like that, like mission work. So I'm getting there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Now I forget why I was even talking about that. Oh my purpose. So that was my purpose in life. And um it's I've always felt like that. I think I figured it out after I hit my head. Like that's because that's when we started um, doing mission work at church. And I really felt like a connection, like, with for, um, with our church youth group. And um, it really, like, that's where I, that, outside of being at my grandma and grandpa's house or being with my grandma, like, that's the most, like, fulfilled when I'm helping other people, Um that's the most fulfilled I've ever, I've ever felt. So I know that's what my purpose is. I've always, kn- I've known it since then. And I don't think I've, the crisis in this aspect, I don't think has ever been not knowing my values or, cause I have pretty strong values too. I'm still protesting Chick-fil-A. I don't even, like I'm still protesting. They will, the only way they get my money is if it's two against one with my kids. Like because I can't make them protest. Like I can't force them to protest something that one my youngest one doesn't even understand, and two my oldest one doesn't believe in. So my I can't force them, and I'm not going to. Has to be of their own volition. So whatever. But I'm still protesting them. I've been protesting. I've not not had them. Um and except for when, yeah. Um I've. Yeah, my, my values, I'm pretty, like, hardcore about my values and where I stand. They have been, I've been flexible, like, I've been flexible with them, trying to appease other people, you know, and um, I think now at 40, I don't necessarily care what people think, and um, I just kind of be like, I'm not doing it. Like, this isn't me, I'm not doing it, I'm sorry, love you, but I'm just not, I can't, I can't do it. So um, where my, I would guess, the stress from th- that value system is my value system doesn't necessarily line up to people's expectations of what my value system should be, or where they imagine I should be in their head, I guess you would say. Um, you know, I, <laughs> I enrolled to become a, a, a minister, like I go, I've gone to minister, what's it called? <laughs> Excuse my language as I'm talking about. I'm the perfect Christian. When I say I'm the perfect Christian, Christians are not perfect. If we were perfect, there would have been no point for Jesus. So I am a walking example of the perfect Christian. That doesn't mean that I am perfect. I just want to say that again. Sean, what is this word I'm looking for? Missionary? <laughs> no. You said Missionary. What is on your? What, that's what you're trying not to say, and his face is now red, y'all. What's on missionary. your? What are you looking at on your phone over there, Sean? Uh huh. Sure. Mhm. You're looking at. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right. <laughs> now I can't remember. What the fuck? Okay. Anyway, I was seminary, seminary school. that not even. I was nowhere near it, to become a minister and um it was because i wanted to understand why i was going through mentally what i was going through and i had all these pieces like i said i'm obsessed with studying things like psychology today i didn't went to school my um my uh bachelor's was going to be in um psychology and um So, like, I'm fascinated with how the brain works. I want to understand, but things just were not lining up. And I felt they weren't connecting. I couldn't connect the dots. And the more, and that became, not being able to understand ended up, like, made me more stressed because I felt frustrated, you know? Um, That goes back to, you know, the psychological stress and not being able, like, I knew there was something wrong and I couldn't understand it. So, being the faith-based person I did, I wanted to go study. The word, like, I wanted somebody to lead me through it and take me through it in a way that, like, you're studying it to be able to teach it to somebody else, not studying it to necessarily gain a relationship with God, if that makes sense, because I'm the type of person who needs to understand it from a like, almost literal, literal standpoint first before I can um, understand it from a more uh, emotional point, I guess but i have a strong relationship with god like i said i'm just working myself out um so yeah i took those classes and i'm not i'm gonna get my bachelor's in it i am i'm not done i needed to take a break because i was overwhelmed oh severely overwhelmed to the point where i was in the crisis unit and um all of these things and that was the breaking point that was the breaking point. Last year, oh, July 10th of 2021, that's, that was the day that, you know, the cherry on top of all the bullshit, you know, about took me in or did me, about did me in, and the conflict was, like, I've always been suicidal since I hit my head, like, as far as I can remember, since I hit my head on the diving board, so I know something is connected to that, and that's why, another reason why I'm so interested in being in the physiological side of these things, because I want to understand what got damaged that jacked me up, okay, (laughs) but, um, so like this is like the reason why i'm sharing this all with you from my perspective is because i know there are other people out there that are going through this and um it's kind of like the me too movement it's just like people don't like to talk about it and the more people learn i know somebody you know oh i could have damaged my brain which then does like could cause you to do this it all piles on it's all connected and there are small things that we just don't even think about And then they just keep adding on and adding on. And anyway, July 10th, 2021, it added all on. And it was just one final thing, like a little piece of straw just went in my head. And everything just like, is like a black hole just sucking everything in to me for 40 years. And then it just like vomited it all up. And is that how the earth was made? Like the Big Bang Theory? (laughs) You know? And it was like... Everything, I could see everything clearly, though. I irritated the social worker (laughs) because I was answering her questions. So by the time, like, everything, like, by the time I got there to the hospital, to the crisis unit, it made sense. It all made sense because in the ambulance, the medic, the medic that took me in, his daughter was a heroin addict and he wasn't speaking to her. And why in the world is this man telling me that, you know, here I am in my crisis, and he's telling me that he's not speaking to his daughter because she's an addict and he's frustrated, and so I pray for him in the ambulance. And I told him, I go, there are people in my family who are now sober, and they were on heroin, they overdosed five times, and now they're sober, sober, like for years. And the only reason I feel like that they, are, they were there was because of their parents not leaving them, even when they had every reason to, you know? Um, so even though she doesn't call you, even though she sh- shows up randomly, you know, call her. She's probably scared to call you. Call her. And when you call her, don't be mad just even if you just have to leave a voicemail, say, hey, I miss you. I love you. Hang up. Bye. And just keep doing it. He was crying. I was just looking at him. And then I prayed for him. And once they pulled me out, he said, thank you. I'm going to call her as soon as I leave you. And um, I was done. At that point in time, I knew I was there to talk to him. I knew it all happened to talk to him. And because there was purpose, you know, there was purpose for me to have been there. And I I could see it, like, I was still upset, like, I was still upset when I was in the ER, I was still very, like, on, I don't know where I was at, we can't, like, I was on, I, there was no good number for where I was at emotionally. But there was still this level of calmness in my, by the time everybody got a- away from me, and I could just take, like, I could just sleep, there was this just this calmness that is like God just said, "Thank you." You know, like okay, now it's your turn to take care of yourself. And um, I went through like that person and their addiction started before I was even out of high school and lasted for until I was beyond. Like like I had a whole kid who was, and you know, like and it lasted almost their whole like childhood that's how long it took of, you know, seeing that. And um, I never understood why, like, why did it have to do like there, I it had never, other than giving me the ability to understand when I'm working with people like that, like when I meet them at work, whether it had been through interpreting or coworkers or whatever, like it allowed me to be empathetic and sympathetic and under, you know, like, I understood, you know, but outside, like and, uh, I, you know, I can be compassionate, but outside of that, like nobody, outside it, like up until that day, in that moment, you know, then I felt like all of that had an impact. Like all of that made, like all of what I went through, that it was for that moment. And so um, at that point then is like, now it's time to take care of myself. I can put that to, to rest. And it's time to take care of myself. And it was like every single thing that I had been collecting and learning to try to understand what was going on in my head had now I could see it all. And there was only maybe one piece I was missing. And um, that one piece was understanding the difference between PTSD and PTSR. And next week we're going to get into that. So that's kind of where... I want to leave this episode today uh, because um, all of those different things that I went through, all those different little stressors, and we'll kind of, I'll be touching on other different stressors, those all piled on to lead up to that day in July, and um, when stress starts piling up, and piling up, and piling up, and piling up, and things are so bad, certain things have been so impactful you know there's different types of trauma so like it has impacted your life so bad that it just kind of just sinks into you and it comes out in different ways and we're gonna um we're gonna dive into those things and kind of peel those things off and that's why it's really important for me for you guys to understand what the different types of stress are because those eventually start to um create these problems that show up in ptsd and ptsr so thank you for hanging out with me i hope you all learned something please find us on facebook the small but mighty podcast it is a private um private group because i hope to be able to dialogue in there with people but um for our listeners who are already in there please invite your friends um share the podcast. we'd love for you to share the podcast and um, let us know let me know how I'm doing. Let me know if there's a topic dealing with um, mental health or if there's questions or things that you want to discuss I will I am going to be having some people join me next week in the studio or over the phone either way um, to kind of tell about their um, experiences with PTSD and PTSR. Come back and see me. Love you Bye.